All right. So what did you all learn? I, <laughs> I have been pouring over all of these um, verses and, and passages today thinking, whoa, I we read them all the time, but did I ever understand some of these things before? There's so many new nuances and, and mysteries and, and things to be had in these post-mortal appearances. Often we tend to, to rush over them or uh, just kind of mention them briefly in the context as we're studying with our Sunday school or, or whatever, but man, I, I, I learned so much and I, I don't even think I made it all the way well, I, I read them all, but uh, sufficiently studied and, and poured over them. I, I've only made it about halfway <laughs> in, in that time. But what all did, did you learn as you were um, looking at these? What questions popped up and um, what would you like to, to talk about tonight? I'm surprised like how scared everyone was, like how, how startled people were, like I don't know like it seems so many of them why are you troubled like they were, they looked but they were terrified and frightened i don't know mm -hmm. i didn't really know know that people were that like that startled and then um let's see i wrote down here someone just one second oh um kind of once they got past the the scared part or the terrified part, then they could, you know, he would be like, don't be scared, it's me. <laughs> I don't know, for some reason, it just seems like if I knew him and saw him again, it wouldn't be like I would feel, I don't, I don't know. Uh -huh. did, I, did you guys feel that way or was it just me? No, yeah. I felt that way like the Moses people, they, they were really afraid and I think it might be because it's so light yeah you're just about be feeling like you're about to be burned up maybe mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. yeah that's, that's very kind of what i've thought so we have to be we have to become more and more light so that we can endure it so i'm always kind of meditating and asking for more light inside of my body right i don't know if that right. makes sense mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. Because the number one thing when any angel appears in scriptures to a person, fear not, like, <laughs> I, I came out of nowhere, sorry, <laughs> might have scared you, but um, it was just always an interesting pattern to me that. Um, Especially if you knew him, like these are people he knew. Yeah. <laughs> they were all like his loved ones. Like, I, for some reason that just, I was like, oh, why, why are they so scared? And I, yeah, I do think probably the light of it just startling, but anyway, it was just surprising to me. I was thinking, wow, if, so, if somebody I knew came to me, I think I'd be like, wow, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. I didn't I think, think I'd be scared. <laughs> Excuse me, I think we understand the resurrection a little better maybe than they did. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I don't think they had a good maybe possibly they didn't have a good grasp on that we do yeah mm -hmm. because yeah thing. christ is the the first fruits right he's the first resurrection yeah. and so yeah, yeah. <laughs> and though he could talk about it all he wanted you know uh -huh. they still didn't they couldn't grapple with it one Talking thing to experience it, it. <laughs> yeah right 
Yeah. Hey, Cameron, why do you say that that saying the first fruits? What does that like? Because it says that in the living Christ. Um, he was the first fruits of them that slept. Yeah. What yeah. is what is that? What is that referring to? The first fruits? Like, what does that come from? Slept. Just a second. I'm pulling up that. I did. Here. I was going to look it up, but I never got over to my computer. Mm-hmm. Every time you say that, I'm like, oh, that was part of the living Christ. When I would recite it, I was always like, wonder what that means. Uh-huh. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I was just doing this the other day. I'm not, this isn't the article that I had. This just popped up and it was highlighted. And so I thought I put it on the screen. But um, anyway, so first fruits of them that slept. First fruits are the fruits, vegetables, and grains that ripen earliest in the harvest. So I think that it points a lot to the the feast days of the lord the moedim you know those those holidays there's the feast of first fruits and so it says that he's the first fruits of them that slept it's pointing specifically to a holiday and the fulfillment of of prophecy in that uh specific sense um so since the first fruits are a sign that the harvest has begun i mean this isn't planting season this is harvesting many more crops are yet to come the Apostle Paul is saying that Jesus Christ was the first from among the dead, them that slept to rise again, that many more will yet be resurrected. And also, so so we've got resurrection there, but also the first to start receiving ordinances and, and things, right, by, by proxy work, that we, this began a period of time when we would start doing temple work for others besides our own um endowments of, of power etc and so uh first fruits pointing directly to that holiday is what i would answer to that oh that's so good thank you <clears throat> excuse me but yeah let's see looking for other phrases and and fun things i the emmaus story has always kind of befuddled me of why (laughs) so if we're taking a look at all of these in context right uh kind of uh chronological order or uh, just what was happening it's very interesting that the majority is christ appearing and saying hey here's come feel uh, witness that that i am am he but the Emmaus in my brain prior to this was always going, this one just doesn't quite sound like him. Like he's hiding himself. And then as soon as they realize who he is, then he vanishes like some mysterious elf on the shelf or something. Like it, it just seems so kind of contrary to me. I, I, I always had a, not an issue with it, but just questions of, of what's really behind this story. And so just really diving into this one tonight was, was, was an interesting, I don't know, just uh, trying to work through it, I guess. But what would you guys answer to that? Like, why didn't he invite them to, to witness him? Uh, why did he veil himself or uh, withhold his glory uh, and then just kind of vanish as soon as um, they started realizing who he was? Well, was it because is it kind of like not throwing the pearls before this point, like for people that weren't ready? Like even when Joseph Smith saw him, he just they when the when the quorum were there at the 
with the prophets. He just kind of walked through the room and then walked out. Like <laughs> just weird stuff. Like, why didn't he say something? Yeah. Is it is there some people aren't ready or what do you what do you think? Mm -hmm. It's very interesting. So taking a look at who these people were, uh, we have it mentioned that it was Cleopas um, was was one of them. And Cleopas is Jesus's stepfather, well, I guess, father, yeah, stepfather's brother. So, I mean, it, it's an in-law, but um, I mean, their, their family, they should have known him. They should have been able to recognize him. So he was very cloaked in, in that way. And uh, other sources say that it was Cleopas and his wife. Um, it wasn't just two um, stranger men or, or anything like that, but Cleopas and his wife, Mary, uh, walking beside him. And Mary, his, uh, Cleopas's wife, Mary, was one that was at the foot of the cross, witnessing the actual um, death of the Savior, that part of the atonement. And so... It, like you said there that 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 entered my head and i'm like is that is that part of it were they just not ready yet for the full thing but yet she was called to be a witness of his his death and so why wouldn't she be a witness of his resurrection at that time because we do know that they come and congregate later and receive the the whole thing uh with others but it was in a, a group setting rather than just at this i don't know i i just have so many questions <laughs> do you think that it was i mean because he came to the nephi i'm not I, i'm asking a question because you know i'm a convert and i'm just goofy but um i'm thinking the nephites that saw him were better maybe better prepared mm -hmm. although i couldn't think that mary wasn't better prepared but they just couldn't the intensity he was too intense he's mm -hmm. in his glory yeah, I, maybe they were I mean, gathering at the temple in Bountiful, right? The Nephites. I mean, these were yeah. were, were yeah. very righteous people who had prepared themselves. I it, it's very possible. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And so the, the one question that really kept coming to me after all of these post mortal appearances was: Are these all types and shadows for the end time? Are are we going to be experiencing Christ? in one of these ways ourselves personally and and how does that look and, and feel and stuff like i have to wonder why so many were recorded as as being witnesses of his uh, post-mortal appearance and uh, anyway and i got considered myself and putting myself in the shoe of okay here i am living my day to day and am i going to be at some point on my road to emmaus and entertaining angels unaware kind of a thing before it finally dawns on me that, hey, this is the savior. Or is it gonna be more of a doubting Thomas scenario or um, uh, an Anias or, you know, any of these, these various types. And I, it was just throwing my brain uh, in lots of different fun directions, kind of putting myself in each of these stories and um, how the, the savior will appear to me at, at some future date kind of a thing well how's he gonna appear to you how are you gonna react i mean we all want to be the good better best we want to like fall on our knees we're gonna say mm -hmm. whoa who are you i have struggled with those same questions you hope to be 
fear and do you know be that person but i'm average well i always think of it like um when you help someone sometimes i'll help people on the street and then i think of kathy's story this last summer with her person and you know you kind of wonder is that the savior cloaked just checking out to see what we'll do mm -hmm. oh, that's interesting. um i was wondering about that question maybe just seeing him is enough especially people that know him just to see him and i mean his in his glorified being that maybe that's all they need to do is just see him from a distance and like they don't need the interaction just to know that he's there even they know that he's fine and you know people all everybody has different needs so maybe they don't you know some of us might just need to feel him near us other people need to see him other need other people need to feel his hands and feet like we all have different needs you know to believe where maybe some people need the visual i don't know mm -hmm. yeah i think that that's a very good point you know like my favorite movie the shack that's kind of like the yeah. premise of that right sometimes yeah. you, you need different things and and what a loving god that knows those needs and um appears in in whatever way you personally need i love that I mean, I think if you, if we saw him, I don't know if we would know, we might feel the feeling that it might be him, but I don't know that I would know him on the street. Mm -hmm. But if I'd known him before, then I would know him on the street, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it's different depending on your relationship with him. Yeah. I think you're right, Kathy. I think depending on your relationship, like I say, I can look at you and see. I can look at Cameron and see him. You know, I can look at everyone on here and see him. But when we see him, do we, you know, it's got to be the same. We've got to innately know that light. And, and I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I remember that. Um, remember that. Um, part of visions of glory where they're cleaning up the stuff at the temple after the earthquake mm -hmm. and they feel the they're cleaning up the temple and the guy had been working next to him all that time and then when they went to the conference center it was the guy helping him clean up the stuff and he'd been working with him all week and had no idea it was him so mm -hmm. like probably just a lot of us we wouldn't even we just think what a nice guy like he's awesome <laughs> yeah <laughs> we wouldn't know it was him <clears throat> wouldn't yeah. that be cool though it'd be like i worked beside him the whole week <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're all alone didn't even know yeah and so i i love these questions that are on uh, page 32 uh just reflecting what can i learn from the different reactions of those who saw the resurrected christ and you know we've we've talked about that and then the other one of how did Christ's appearance as a resurrected being change the lives of his disciples? What have I felt, or when have I felt his peaceful influence? <clears throat> and and I think that that's very crucial to like continually ask ourselves of, 
Um, how have I felt the influence and how am I preparing for an actual appearance? Um, and how will that change my life once, once that happens? Um, because, you know, there, there's many different things, especially as we were talking like unblock, you know, there's a lot of people who, uh, read John's works and then go and seek that kind of an experience, like at all costs. Right. But then, um, there, there's a group that seem to get frustrated when, when it's just not happening. Like, why am I not receiving it? Or uh, I must be doing something wrong. And they're kind of treating it like a math equation. If I put this in, I'm going to get this result kind of a thing. But, but taking a look at all of these post-mortal experiences, <clears throat> um, appearances, sorry, and seeing how they happened, it never works like that. It's always for the benefit of of being a witness and testifying of him to be able to share this with with other people, not to, it's never just for a personal, like, oh, it's just a, a goal that I want, or wouldn't that be awesome to, to have, versus all of these. Most of them are afraid, <laughs> right? And um, if you're constantly seeking it, I, I doubt you would be afraid in that circumstance or, or anything. You'd be like, yes, it finally happened. But um, uh, how humble and, and meek all of these people were in their uh, reception of that experience. And anyway, that, that question just caused me a lot of reflection and, and pondering there. Well, I think it, it pushed them. Um, it really helped them shift out of mourning. Yeah. Mourning the loss of him to knowing they had him and he was still there. Like I, to I totally think it was that and that's why he did it because he's like hey I'm right here like everything's and we're all going to be together mm -hmm. um, and I think it just was that calming peacefulness that that's what he's all about is about peace and no I think with him it does, like you said it does give you the um the testimony to to share with others or the testimony even in their day to share like no he's back like it's okay like he's here it's mm -hmm. you know let's move forward it's eternal you know mm -hmm. yeah have y'all been roles where they have no conception of life after death so i i think that's be fearful but once you see this possibility of living on and that your savior is with you, I, I think you, you, you want to shout it to the rooftops, but you also have trepidation because of the unfearing people. But I, I I'm not getting my message across, but yeah. That's good. Yeah. I, I think that's that's huge because <laughs> sometimes when we have no context for something, then then that's where where fear can uh, can dwell, right? And uh, yeah, exactly like what you're saying because we see it in a perfect example with those those funerals of man, funerals are a joy, a celebration of life, but um, that's that's only if you have a, a certain paradigm. Uh, others uh, that don't have that. It's very tragic and uh, what a loss and a, a ripping apart of, of one's soul. Um, 
to not yeah, like at my dad's funeral just recently there were a lot of non-members there my dad was a pretty famous cowboy and um like one of my cousin married a non-member and he's like I've never seen anything like this I just wanted to jump up and cheer at the <laughs> end <You> know, <laughs> so that was pretty cool <laughs> I love it that's how all funerals should be <clears throat> yeah um, so this was like an interesting little one on um, Acts 1, 1 through 3. Um, I don't know if anybody watched the, the Midnight Mormons episode uh, where they were down at Reed Moon's Rare Books. And uh, it was talking about these infallible proofs and the translation of that in some of the original um, or the more original Bibles, I, I guess you could say. But that infallible proofs... Um, is is better translated as sure signs and tokens um so in in context of there it says to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion or in other words his atonement by many sure signs and tokens being seen of them 40 days and speaking of these things pertaining to the kingdom of god i thought that was uh, just like an interesting uh, insight or uh, tidbit to to throw in there in all of the the times that i read that that Acts chapter one, I, I'm always substituting those words in and uh, it just brings on uh, a, a depth and, and richness there to what Christ is, is doing and helping them uh, realize and um, to be joyful. <clears throat> Let's see, what were some other fun points in here. Darlene, you're on. <laughs> I didn't see you come in. <laughs> yep. Yep. She finally showed up. I love like a lot of these accounts also have angels um, attending and ministering to to people um, like in in third Nephi. Um, and it came to pass that while the angels were ministering unto the disciples, behold, Jesus came and stood in the midst and ministered unto them. That there um, are a few different examples of, of that happening in that, that same context. I think that, that would be, I, I, it was just not something that I had really focused on before and, and how cool that is. And which scripture was it where there was like a group of 500 men at once that witness that where was it Wait, can you remember what i'm talking about yeah um it was the one that you were reading to me so i'm having to try to oh. find it and read through everything on here do you remember where on the page it might have been uh, i don't i just want to say something a little bit about angels i i was with my father when he did pass away and um golly i could tell angels were all around because he was reaching up he would say oh hi baby and you could just hear him talking to them it was quite quite the experience i had the same experience and it's like you know they're talking to their people the, the veil is so thin and death 
is almost more spiritual, I believe, than birth because of that veil that's so thin. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you got to experience that. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Oh, and and I want to tell maybe one more thing that was super amazing. Um, about a couple of weeks after my dad passed, my mom and I, we'd been going to the temple a lot. And um, we came home from the temple and we both needed a blessing really, really badly. And we'd asked several priesthood holders and they're like, yeah, yeah. But then they were just too busy. So I finally like, Cameron, will you please give us a blessing? And so my mom was there and she heard my blessing. And of course it was a tele-blessing. And so um, mom was really skeptical anyway. So I got my blessing and my dad came forward and put his hands on my head. And um, mom could feel the spirit in the room. And so she asked uh, if Cameron would give her one as well. And, And she could feel the hands on her head actually physically the veil was so so thin it was so special like you have no idea (laughs) and then as we we told that account to a few close family members I don't think they could believe it you know Mm -hmm. it was yeah that's not not the the normal (laughs) variety is it well, I I told it to two of my close, like my aunt, who's very much, you know, on the same page, and to my sister, who is as well. But they kind of were looking at me like, "That's crazy," you know. But I didn't care. Yeah, I just needed them to know. It. I don't know. Yeah. I find it so very interesting that when I'm giving blessings that that's just I don't know necessarily if it's like a spiritual gift or or whatever but to to be able to see who else like blessings are given on both sides of the veil and and there's others participating almost always and so um being able to to recognize and um and feel those uh that that presence there is 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 such an interesting thing it was was simply amazing Mm -hmm. i have i have never even thought of anyone from the other side being there Mm. sorry Mm. getting ready for bed (laughs) yeah (laughs) i was up till two but yeah i had never thought about that that's glorious so you could have your people from the other side there yeah their their hands on your head sort of anyway Mm -hmm. beautiful sorry yeah, I've had sure. that experience before. Yeah, pretty dang cool, and that's really cool, Tracy. Didn't you, in the blessing, invite any others to join? Did he did? Uh huh. Yeah, oh, I, wow. I typically include that in my my blessings anymore of just the invitation, like an open invitation for anyone else who needs to stand in on this blessing or whatever. Um, but, but there's sometimes it's, it's fairly rare when I actually name the people, like I I'm given to actually see who they are and that they're wanting to, to do it. It, And, you know, not getting too sacred or or anything. Right. But, um, I, I believe Tracy, wasn't it that, um, 
there was one part of the blessing where I was actually just told to stop talking. <laughs> right. And, and, and it was, it was my part, but I heard nothing. <laughs> uh -huh. But, but they were pronouncing a blessing. Yes. I mean, I was yes. to be silent. Yes. And, and and that, that was, was my very, that was my very, very, very first father's blessing. And my mom's very, very first blessing from her husband. I mean, they were married 64 years. And so I remember uh, just before my father passed away, oh, he was, he was just so, so different <laughs> from what we experienced in real life. But he asked my sister, do you have a testimony? And she's like, yes, I do, dad. And he says, I do too. And we're both, we're just like, what? And you could never hear him give his testimony or like, uh -huh. if we did come follow me, we drug him to it, you know, <laughs> type of thing. Anyway, it was super cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. That's so awesome. Thank you, Jen. Yeah. Um, I did find that that one 500 quote. So it's in the first Corinthians 15 uh, passage there. And so um, it says, and that he was seen of Cephas, then of the 12. After that, he was seen of about 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present. But some are fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me, Paul, also as one born out of due time. So, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes we kind of picture it as, oh yeah, he appeared to Mary, then uh, the 12, and then came over to the Americas and other sheep, you know, we just kind of almost limited, but like just over in Judea, uh there i mean there's 500 all at once there's these ones and these ones and i you know <laughs> i can't even imagine all of the appointments he had to keep that uh <laughs> his appointment book was was pretty heavy <laughs> visiting people and uh one-on-one -on -one his his ministry amongst people and, and i think this is kind of preparing us for this is what i had an impression of um lots and lots and lots of us are going to be seeing him and hearing him and and it makes it kind of more normal than mm -hmm. what people hear oh yeah no that those times were in ancient times those aren't going to be now mm -hmm. that's what lots of people think it's gonna be like uh no <laughs> it's gonna be pretty exciting <laughs> yeah exactly yeah these ones were all recorded and put in scriptures so to witness that you know that this was true that he had risen and everything but uh it's prevalent nowadays with people seeing him mm -hmm. um in the first corinthians 15 4 and 8 mm -hmm. were you just, I'm sorry i don't know this part very good but it says about the 500 brethren at once of whom the greater part remain unto the present, but some had fallen asleep. Is that metaphorically or is that like some? Had... Uh -huh, so is that like now how people are asleep or are they, what's he saying there? Uh -huh, so how I take it is that 
um, when Paul is writing First Corinthians, this is after the destruction at Jerusalem and, and people are, you know, scattered, the church is kind of everywhere, and he's writing to the Corinthian saints, um, and he's saying, at the time that I'm writing this letter, the greater part of those 500 brethren are still alive, but there are some who have um, passed away. Kind of a oh, thing. Okay. So so there's still a lot of those 500 testimonies to to rely on and to hear but you know there's some that have passed away but there's still a lot that are alive that still have seen the resurrected christ kind of a thing that's how i take it but i don't know oh. okay <laughs> What was that other thing that we were talking about on the way, Mother, that something like, oh, oh, that he is manifesting in our own language every time. It's not like he's just coming to us and, you know, there's some sort of barrier or anything like that. But um, it's always a one-on-one, -on -one, very personal experience. Um, it was one of the Book of Mormon passages. I, I can't remember which one, but it, it was telling or testifying of that fact that... Um, mm -hmm that he did come and he spoke in my own tongue kind of thing. Oh, that was a, a neat part there. My favorite prompt was the, re, um, when Christ appears to his people, what seems to be his purpose among them. I love that prompt out of all of this. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and I wrote, he, um, appeared to teach them, to gather them, to bless them, to minister, and to ask what they need. Did you have any, did you have other insight? Um, did I skip too far? Forward too, no, too that, far forward? that's great. I was just like contemplating on those words and like how, how beautiful all of this really is. But I, I don't necessarily have any more, uh, comment on on that but I, I love how he asked them what can i what shall i give unto you like yeah. like mm -hmm. isn't that neat like if he came to you and said what can i do for you like mm -hmm. well you pretty much know what i need but <laughs> let me lay it out for you <laughs> it's not like some of our typical home teaching visiting teaching <laughs> prior things of all right we're here what can we do <laughs> what do you want <laughs> it, it's more of a Part the bell and what is wanted. Like, yeah. Ask anything, right? Um, with well, Jeff Bruner's uh, podcast or whatever on on faith, right? And it's like the the magic lamp. And and the thing is, just what do you want? What are your desires? And uh, he will help and grant them. It reminds me of when my basement flooded two months ago, and my minister came. Well. I hadn't really told anybody it, I, it happened at night and then I worked the next day and I called one of my neighbor who always also does hair just to see if I could use her sink if I needed to rinse somebody's hair. Mm -hmm. I just needed in case they turned off my water because I called the plumber and I had people come in and I just asked for that but and her husband happens to be my minister but that's not why I called. Mm -hmm. Anyway um so that afternoon I was working and of course I was a little bit distressed, but I figured it'll all work out. Then mm -hmm. her husband, my minister knocked on the door and he, and he, I said, hi. And he goes, I'm coming in. 
<laughs> I'm coming in. And I was like, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> of course, it flooded my food storage room. Oh, no. So, I mean, there is, you know how much stuff is in there. I mean, it is. <laughs> and I just cleaned up as much as I could. I just bucketed up as much of the water as I could. And then I just was like, well, this will have to get taken care of what it does. Rick wasn't here and I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. But I think that'll be like Jesus. Like here I am, yep. I'm coming there in. <laughs> like I'm coming to fix the broken pipes. I'm coming to fix you. What do you, you know, where do you want me to start? Like it was like so powerful. Like it wasn't like, do you need help? It was like I'm coming in, and I'll have the young men here at seven o'clock, and they will move all this food, and we'll empty out this room for you. And don't you think Jesus will be like that? Like no. here I am. What do we do? Where are we? Where do you want to start? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do. Yeah, <laughs> about humiliating though, when you have that much stuff that you got to have moved. And now everybody knows how much stuff I have. Like, Kathy's a hoarder, you know? <laughs> I, I remember that remark. <laughs> I don't think Jesus would judge me, but like all the young men down there moving all my stuff. Man, I know where I'm going. Yeah. I know oh. people are going to knock and need help, and we're going to have to I help. know, and I try to know what I have, because I'm like, that's kind of putting yourself out there, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. Anyway, that's such a good testimony to me of just like knocking on the door and saying, I'm coming in. Yeah. Here I am. And I think that is how Jesus does it. Like he's just here, you know, what, what shall I give unto you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yep, now, I'm going to p- p- just tell a story that's kind of opposite of that. <laughs> My daddy and I were kind of alike and uh, both kind of hard headed and, um, and he could never understand why I joined this church and, Anyway, he, he was dying and I went to be with him and he said to me, I served uh, 10 years at the family search down here. And the last um, three years I was in the um, leadership and I spent tons of hours, just, I mean, 60 hours a week at my job there. And he said, I don't understand why you do that for free. And so then I I told him, because he's on his deathbed, I told him and I, you know, this is what we do in the temple and this is why we do it and blah 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 and he said well um anyway he wanted his work done when we got done but the point that I wanted to make was I said to him you know daddy I have never once come to you for anything and I'm thinking I'm all prideful this is wonderful my brothers have both come and not me Mm -mm, I'm good but the more I study Jesus Christ the more I think that broke his heart. Mm. I mean, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He, he's there for that. He wants to do that. I maybe didn't give him a pleasure that he could have had or, or that's what daddies do, you know, because I'm, I didn't have children, but I've adopted my husband's children and I would do anything for them and I would love to do it. Yeah. So I think that that's just what Jesus would do. He would come in and he, maybe he wouldn't wait, 
but maybe he would. Maybe he'd wait for you to ask like my dad did. He didn't come out and give. He he was prideful his own way. I'm, well, if she ain't going to ask, I ain't going to do it. So, you know, <laughs> these redneck people. <laughs> but, yeah, I love that because, um, like, like my dad, he's the most serviceable guy and stuff. I, he'll do that. And um, the least little ask, he'll 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 jump right in it and so uh like your dad there maybe that was kind of robbing him of of some of the joy the pleasure of, of serving and, and things or whatever like i had i'd never considered that that type of thinking before like that was very interesting well yeah consider it before he's gone because i i think it would have done us both good it would have softened both our hearts hmm. um yeah because he would i mean he would pe feed people on the street I mean, he, the man was amazing as far as giving um, to anybody without asking, but now me, I had to ask, I guess, because my brothers asked, I don't know <laughs> what it was, but I now understand as I, and we study more about Jesus Christ, I'm, I was prideful. I was a naughty girl. <laughs> <laughs> I, love I, I have something to add on that when um quite a few well 10 15 years back i was involved in a really terrible terrible accident and i was hospitalized and everything that could go wrong went wrong and i was in the hospital for like six weeks i mean it was it was just a nightmare and once i was out of the hospital and and home and stuff and my my visiting teachers then would come over and can we help you what can we do and I was like no I'm good I'm good I'm good because same thing I was raised nope you do it all yourself you got you know my dad's one that mm -mm, you do it you don't ask for help you don't and that's how I was raised that that's what you do you just do everything on your own whether you can or not you just keep saying it and finally one of the ladies said to me Kathy, please let us get some blessings. We need all the blessings. And you're not letting us have any blessings by not helping you. I never realized. I never looked at it that way. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow. I, I, that, that turned my whole world around at that point. Because I had never, you know, yeah, you want to help other people. You do that. But when it comes to you, I had to swallow a lot of pride to accept that help mm -hmm. oh. and then when my daughter passed away you know and that that was six years ago actually last tuesday it was six years ago when that happened i'm like other kathy at that point they just came in and were like we're we're here what do you need we're just taken over what do you need and I'm like I, I, I don't even know because I don't even know what I'm you don't expect to lose a child and then you don't even know which direction but they were so good at that point just to I would come home and there would be food because we don't lock we didn't lock our doors then you know we ever but I'm in the country anyway doors are open fridge is open you know come in the house is stocked with everything it's I mean, it would just, cause you're, you're in a, you're in ozone. You don't know what you're even doing minute by minute. And, but yeah, the difference 
once, you know, I kept refusing, refusing, but then it was new, you know, people knew Bishop Brick knew everything else too, but just the difference in, yep, we're here. We're, I mean, I'd come home, my yard work would be, I mean, snow would be moved, you name it, it would be, it would just done. Mm-hmm. And what a blessing, you know? Yeah. And Kathy, what, what happened to your daughter? What, what caused her death? She had an autoimmune disease that she, she did not make um, antibodies, period. Mm-hmm. So she would have to go in. And she, we discovered it when she was like in junior high. And, you know, we had to get treatments. She had to have IV treatments every single month. Um, if you ever watched the movie The Boy in the Bubble that John Travolta was in years ago, that's what she had. But, you know, advancements had come along that, you know, they could at least treat it. But after so long, her body just finally, it, it was attacking itself even worse. And it even with the treatments, she would have allergic reactions to them just from having it for so long. And, but yeah. It was, how long did she live? How old was she? She was 31 when she passed away. But was she ever able to marry or? She, she was engaged. She could never have children. It did, you know, her body was just too messed up from everything that she had had to go through, through all the times and, and that. So she could never have children, but she was engaged at the time, but they hadn't got married yet. Okay. So yeah, it was, it was hard, you know, it was, and that was my first child died when I was barely 18. So that, you know, it wasn't my first go round with losing a child, but it, I believe me, it don't get any easier. Yeah. And I could have used a blessing from you last week. I didn't know you did telephone blessings. Oh, Cameron. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's not oh. something I necessarily advertise, but well, let me tell you what I did because I mean, the Lord must have been looking out for me because I mean, I'm alone and I knew that it was coming up. I knew, and all of a sudden, I got this like a week and a half before I had, and it was just like hit me with a ton of bricks. You need shelves in the garage. I went to Home Depot, I bought all the two by fours, I bought all the two by tens, bought all the nails, everything. I come home and I start building shelves and now it's this week and I'm going, what were you thinking? You're nuts. <laughs> I, I know what, I know the Lord put in there, this is a, you need a diversion mm. and you're, you, I know he was helping me to divert it. I have a disaster now that I can't think about nothing else but trying to get that cleaned up. <laughs> but yeah, that, uh, you know, to try and occupy my mind and keep myself from dwelling a lot on it so mm-hmm. he works in mysterious ways because shelves look really nice they're not all the way finished but the rest of the house is a disaster so <laughs> i love it <laughs> yeah um i don't know I, my brain's just kind of going in and quite a few different directions. I'm not sure what quite to land on. Okay, let me tell you a funny story that 
I mean, it, it ties in, but um, I was serving in the temple and um, it was my first time on this shift um, leading the, the prayer circle. And like, I was the one offering the, the prayer and I, I don't ever have a problem with praying really. But um, anyway, my temple president happened to be in that session and and I didn't know I was freaking out until I was actually in it. And I was like, oh my gosh, the temple presence right behind me. And just the pressure, my mind went blank at one point. And as soon as that blankness happened, like all of these voices of, it was like the coolest spiritual experience of um, uh, that day that it was just like, holy cow. It was as if all of the, the people whose names we were praying over uh, on the altar there, were were petitioning and asking for things all at once and and stuff and like my mind just went like blank and of like well what do I, what do i do how do i handle <laughs> this and it was so interesting um i i promise this ties in somehow because I, or else the spirit wouldn't be telling me to share this but um it was interesting that everybody in the prayer circle started saying like little one word things of trying to get me back on track or you know kind of help nudge me in in a direction or whatever but um one of them like as soon as it jumped out all of the <laughs> the voices in my head congregated on that one word and that was what needed to to be said or whatever and it was such an interesting cool experience of just <laughs> it could have been so embarrassing for me, but being confident in our our spiritual abilities to 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 hear him and to to be in in the moment and, and different things. Um, so I don't know exactly how that came up. Just barely. I, I know that my mind went blank because that we've had so many fun and very powerful testimonies born tonight. And my head is just kind of like going everywhere yet nowhere. <laughs> but uh, I, so I can you clarify something? Uh -huh. So when they were saying words, were those the people in the prayer circle or spirits that were telling you? No, those were the, the people whose names were on the altar. They were the one telling me oh like all of these petitions like i would hear like full sentences or i was wow. like experiencing what they were feeling like it was kind of like this weird like out of body experience <laughs> yeah kind of a, a time shift and being able to hear all of this but then all of a sudden my focus swapped and and then i heard these little whispers of the actual people in the prayer circle trying to help me you know like oh no oh. he's he's just fumbling or whatever but it, anyway, so it was it was both, but um, it was kind of like one at a time. It was first That's the, cool. the people on the altar, but then it was then the prayer circle that were helping me. But as soon as this one lady whispered this one word from the prayer circle, then everybody that I was hearing prior all congregated and basically like, I, I don't know. It was like, <laughs> it's hard to explain, cool. but they they everybody started saying the same word and getting back in sync and uh, completing it. I don't know how to fully describe it. It was just an interesting experience. But um, Cameron, I was in that session. I didn't know that you were have trouble. I mean, it, the prayer sounded fine. No, this was the other day when you weren't there. 
Oh, so I missed this. <laughs> yeah, you missed out. And <laughs> and apparently, I mean, this is the just the funny aside. Afterward, the temple president pulled me aside and was like, "Oh, that was so great. That was so great." Da, 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 da. But you missed a really key part of the article <laughs> and, and gave me some correction <laughs> or whatever. And I was like, <laughs> it didn't even matter. It was just like, okay, yes, I, I apparently forgot that part, but that was the coolest prayer I've ever been in <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> Blank like that before giving a prayer, and it's terrible. So you recovered very well. <laughs> yeah, it, it was very interesting. But I, I guess I bring that up because I was kind of blanking out at the same time. But uh, like right now, after hearing such powerful testimonies and things, but I experienced the same thing at the same time. I'm hearing lots of little testimonies or amens and things and I have to wonder if all of these people that we're talking about and and all of these experiences are also here with us like receiving the same instruction and the same aha moments that we're doing and just being here with us I, I, wouldn't that be lovely mm -hmm. uh, after listening to Morgan's talk the other day or his uh -huh. that was like my favorite part when he was like I can't wait till we're all there and we see each other and I'm like, Cameron and Darlene, <laughs> <Chrissy>. <laughs> okay, we made it. Like and we fall on each other and hug and like, he's mm -hmm. like, I see all of you there. And I had a glimpse of a moment of thinking, could that really like, that would be so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Be so amazing. Okay. So this is, <laughs> You're like triggering a whole bunch of different little things for me too. Um, so I, I can't remember how much I've shared with what groups and when or whatever, but has anybody here heard of like my idea or my brainchild of write yourself into Zion? Is that sound familiar no. at all? Um, no, not. So, no. okay. So this has been kind of in the, the process for a while, but I just wrote this chapter um and and so it's like fresh on my mind of exactly that what you were sharing kathy of um so when i don't <laughs> my, my brain's just like going a thousand miles in different <laughs> directions. okay so when we were studying um lance richardson and um when we were studying john pontius uh, like it was right in that time frame that i've always been like a non fiction person like i hate fiction i think it's boring and uh, like useless i want to i want to deal in facts and i want the history <laughs> i don't want i don't want any, any fiction and so, um <laughs> but the the lord like finally broke me on that but it was about that time when there was lance richardson's fictional there are two fictional novels on zion and then uh, pontius's um fiction his his two novels on it and the Lord really brought me to understand the point of those books and why those authors wrote it was because they were, that was their version of faith, creating spiritual realities before that they could, it's basically the process of spiritual creation before it is created physically. And mm -hmm. um, the, the process of manifesting, right? Like putting manifesting. it there so that it can, can, 
morph and, and actually become something, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, he, the Lord's been leading me for a long time on, um, like you want Zion, but you're nowhere near ready. So write yourself into Zion. And so my my whole process is kind of taking a, a piggyback off of Lance Richardson's, uh, well, I mean, there's quite a few authors on that book, but that version and, and Pontius's version and just know, like fiction is is very liberating writing it because there's no limitations. And if there is a limitation in your brain, you get to to push past that and and write about whatever, like all of these blessings and stuff. And so all of that being said, it's kind of like this um, uh, journey, but but that chapter, like I, I was just writing that the other day, starting it anyway. It's um, on your Buner's Sultan Seven Secrets dream board now, right? <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah, it, it's a whole process. Uh, I'm trying to create uh, a, a curriculum kind of thing based around it. Uh, it's going to be a, a podcast that I'll be doing sometime this year, but um, it, it's been such a, a fun chapter to write of the the reunions in Zion um, and, and what Morgan was talking about and, and what Kathy was just uttering there was like this chapter I don't even know how much of it will actually be condensed down into the the final version of whatever book I'm trying to write here but um like I have experiences with like seriously every single one of our our book club attendees every person that I've met I'm trying to to envision what my reunion in Zion with y'all is like on a one-on-one basis it's not like this group setting or anything because we are all getting there at different points from all of our different missions and and how we're bringing the elect into Zion and things and um anyway like what you said it's just so cool to like think about it but but even more than just thinking about it creating it physically or creating it spiritually like what's it going to be like well it's going to be like this this is how i want it to happen and, and there's no limitations on it it's just pure flowing it, it almost feels like a a revelation dump of <laughs> of what a tiny little fraction of it will will be like i don't know if i described that very well but um Anyway, it, it's been such a fun process to to actually take the time, sacrifice the time, and write it. Write it into existence. Write yourself into Zion. And and those reunions are going to be amazing. Uh, I do I kind of understand what you mean because like the this journey, the last two years, year and a half together, like as a group, and then like different friends I've had and different people Mm -hmm. that are on this journey with me to prepare journey to prepare and and be ready to help other people it definitely has been like it's a journey like it's a whole it's like a surreal journey I don't know how else to say it I think we signed up to do this together I do too I think we will be like given high fives and like, holy crap, we made it. Like, we did it. <laughs> and we'll be like coming back in and being like, okay, so how did this play out for you on, on your mission and your journey? You know, because, you know, there'll be separations and then there's these, these great reunions that happen and catching up and all of that. And through it all, love, yeah. love brings it together. 
when I was a little girl, I was I was driving in the car with my grandma, and and I didn't spend time like that with my grandma. She wasn't that kind of a grandma, but we happened to be going somewhere, and she said something about I want to be there for the second coming, and I said you do, and I I was young. I was maybe fifth grade or something. I was pretty little. And I said, why do you want to be there? What, why? I didn't really know that much about it. She said, I just want to be there when the lamb and lion lie together. And I thought, oh, that's really weird. Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> but that stirred a curiosity in me. And then I've always thought, oh, wow. What, I wonder what else is going to be like. And then I've just, and then my dad was always really into the second coming. And then now his memory's kind of gone and he's not super aware of anything but uh, but to be able to have a people to to be like to study and to learn and to look forward to the next seven or eight or nine or ten years whatever it is and that you don't think I'm like a wacko to think that it is that soon like it's what's coming and we're preparing and spiritually preparing and I don't know I think that's what we're locking arms all of us to gather everybody we come across yeah and just kind of figure this it's been a little maze for me of like okay now what is this gonna where am i going and what's this gonna be like and it's at times been very lonely Mm -hmm. but to have a group it's been very fun then that's pretty cool i love your i love your writing idea Yeah, it's it's a very powerful process, and and actually, I, I don't know. It was a prompting that I I got tonight. But I don't necessarily know if it's like for this group right now or if we're doing it next week. I, I don't know. Stay tuned. There's part of this prompting that that's somewhat malignant. <laughs> um, when they were uh, our temple presidency was quoting from President Nelson's last conference, right, where he is saying the greatest manifestations of of the Lord's power um yes or or yet to be there and stuff and it was just like all at once of that we have a part in that and that we are anyway the basically the the kind of the instruction was to to have that exercise in one of our book clubs at, at some point uh probably next week i don't know of okay what are the greatest manifestations of his power that we know of you know, like, like, let's brainstorm, let's look at this, and then let's imagine what what could be better than these. I mean, if we already have all of these manifestations, and his greatest ones are yet, let, like, let's trumpet, let's, let's dream for the stars, like, what could be coming, and what do we know is coming, and, and all of that. So, I don't know, stay tuned for something on that. Yeah. Well, we might start it on, on Tuesday, and then finish up on, on next Sunday or something, but I, I don't know. I think that that's going to be a fun exercise. I've I've tried to imagine that already. Like, okay, what is that going to be? <laughs> so yeah. stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, get brainstorming. Well, I'm brain. I've already actually been doing that. <laughs> like, okay, you know, Morgan like said tonight. Yeah, you're talking about the miracles. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's could be. be. Don't necessarily awesome. be good. I need to have a release night of let, letting go of the imagination of walking there. I still cannot get <laughs> out of my head. And like, 
<laughs> well, I went and bought a really good pair of boots, so I'm ready. I got to I got to break them in though first. <laughs> yeah, like break them in really good, Tracy. So I got to come clear from Oregon, like, but I'm banking on those mountains falling to the earth, so I don't have to. <laughs> are supposed to shift so we don't I know I mean, we don't really and I know. might just fall into the ocean too <laughs> also if we're supposed you to better be there, start now make it there mm. I don't know I need I need I to have know. a piece of the trauma of thinking of walking there no so it's gonna be there. flat <laughs> <laughs> well what? I just don't want I don't like to be uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> that's also why well, i bought a zoot suit that's well, like a refrigerator wear uniform <laughs> <laughs> i seriously did buy one if you can translate it you can just teleport your portal yep Be that's easy. what i to do i've thought of that too darlene a lot of work to do. <laughs> but the process to get the whole point of the journey is to be uncomfortable and to strip ourselves of it. I know that's that's the part that I'm like, no, he's he's gonna make me earn this every yeah. bit. <laughs> we strip ourselves of pride now. We don't have to do that to be humble. Yeah. We can learn to be humble now. Yeah. So that's why we're all working on it. We're working so hard. Yep. And isn't it working? I mean like I'm getting humbled every day. <laughs> like I am yesterday. too. Oh my goodness. Oh my <laughs> The last five weeks, oh my goodness. Like I could tell y'all stories that would make your head spin. Yeah. Really? I gotta hear this, Tracy. <laughs> I got to go to the temple a lot. <laughs> oh. I'm like, which temple shall we go to this week, mama? <laughs> oh. We had fun. So it sounds like you're getting really close with your mother. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I actually kind of became proxy my dad because she, she and he loved to bicker. And every day she'd start bickering at me. And I looked at her like, well, I didn't do anything. And <laughs> then I finally realized, oh, she's just addicted to bickering with him. And I'm the proxy person. Oh dear. <laughs> I know. And so I just would go quiet and just let her do it and chalked it up to grief. <laughs> and just kept loving her. And every night I'd give a family prayer and I have never prayed like I prayed with my mom. Like some days I didn't feel like it and then I just do it and then it just come flowing out of me and She's like, oh, you have to say that little prayer every night. <laughs> she called it. Oh, All right, say cool. your little prayer now. Because <laughs> she had me sleep with her the whole time because she was just so, she got married when she was 16. And then she was married for 64 years and she's never been alone. Yeah, this is a really hard transition. It was so hard. That's why I had to stay so long. I had to help her. Oh, what a good doctor. I did do good. I don't think work's too happy with me, but that's okay. I'll face them in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're back in Oregon then? Just barely, yep. 
back in Oregon. I'm, I'm like addicted to the sunlight. I'm addicted to not all this rain. <laughs> anyway, it's actually really hard being back here. Yeah. Oh. Well, um, so for our, our new schedule, if anybody's not aware, um, let me pop that up on the screen because I kind of forget that I probably haven't discussed that everywhere. Um, so our, our new schedule that we've uh, landed upon with all of our new things. Um, so topical guide. Every week, everybody's going to be studying the same thing. It's not going to be on that rotating schedule anymore. So Sundays from 8 to 9, Tuesdays from 5 to 6, and Tuesdays 8 to 9, we'll all be um, studying Chapter 6 this week and Chapter 7 next week. Um, and then uh, starting in the new year, um, we're going to be doing that Hebrew on Thursdays and the Isaiah Institute on Saturdays. So this is what the schedule will look like come January. So we'll have um, one of these three uh, that you're welcome to attend all of them if you want. But um, anyway, all of these are going to be the same, um, the Sunday and the two Tuesday ones, and then Thursday for any of those interested in the Hebrew, and then uh, Saturday AM for the Isaiah Institute things. Um, if there's any questions or if, if something doesn't work with your schedule or anything like that let me know and we'll we'll try to accommodate but everything is going to be recorded and, and put on learning zion i finally did get everything uploaded from last week on learning zion and, and that's awesome because i've been watching them like crazy yeah <laughs> i i just got behind this week with that's okay i i got them watched today <laughs> yep i'm all caught up <laughs> <laughs> love that but yeah um and then they were all really what, good. So what is your plan for December? Do we just go on like normal or are we doing December or what? Uh -huh, yeah, so it'll basically be unless there's um, like the, the main holiday, like Thanksgiving week, we'll still meet on Sunday and Tuesday okay. um, on the, the normal schedule. But uh, for like Christmas week, we'll probably skip yeah. the, the two weeks there. Um, but yeah, with this new schedule, I hadn't really put all of that together, but Thanksgiving shouldn't be necessarily interrupted yet. Um, but but Christmas will probably do two weeks off. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks. I'm not asking you to do this. I'm just asking to see if you did it. <laughs> the calendar that you put on um, Google or wherever uh -huh. you put are, will you be doing that, taking off the old one and putting on the new? Uh -huh, yeah, so you won't have to change anything in, in your subscriptions or whatever, but yeah, that's still on my to-do list to get that all uh, reworked. With that's so helpful. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. Uh -huh, yeah, for sure. And so that has um, the, the Zoom link already in each mm -hmm. of the, the events and stuff, and it just syncs right in with your calendar. And if there awesome. is any changes or like things that we know ahead of time you know I'll, I'll change it on that google calendar and and so it'll automatically update on your end but anyway hopefully that <laughs> helps us especially with the rotating that was it was wild wasn't it yeah it was wild <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i looked very important though when i opened the calendar because i had a lot of engagements <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I am busy today. <laughs> oh, I love pulling out my calendar. Let me see if I <laughs> got a lot of homework to do. Yeah. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Have a great week, everyone. Night, you. Good night. Good night. Good night. Bye.